Well, I am glad uh, to have you here this morning for our first service of 2019. And families in our church have certainly packed a lot uh, into December of 2018 and into this past week. Uh, Much of what I have gotten on the phone or or gotten in letters from you, it really has been a one-two punch for a lot of people. And, And I am just glad to be back together in the Bible today. And I'm so glad you showed up. We're going to start a new series together today called What Lies Beneath? Going Deeper with God. And we're going to look at all kinds of passages in the Old Testament and the New Testament about people who did just that, who went deeper with God and and, and what it really means to enjoy the adventure, really, of following Christ. And before we dive in, I thought it would be helpful if we talked about developing a heart for God kind of like King David in the Old Testament, who through various experiences in his life, he yields this challenge to us uh, to really develop a heart for God that that maybe someday, Acts chapter 13, verse 22, and what it says of him can someday be said about people like us. It says there, after removing Saul, he, or, or God, made David their king. And God testified concerning him, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That God could look into your life or mine and say, you know, there is a woman or there's a man who's after my own heart. And so I thought before we truly launch into this new series next week, that we would take this first Sunday back together again since the ball dropped in New York City um, to just sketch out where we wanted to go in this series and talk about what it means uh, to face the things we faced recently. As I sat down, you know, I recognized we need to do a little heart check this morning because it's important where your heart is. After all, the Bible assures us where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, Some of you have had a great Christmas. Some of you had a great start uh, to this new year. But as I sat down and started sketching out where I wanted to go, I started listing all the things that I've been praying for recently. Some of you, to say the least, have had a hectic Christmas. Some of you have had confusing times the last couple of weeks with job breaks and school starting up again, packing up a year of life. And some of you have just had things happen that have just crushed your heart. There are people here this morning that just in this past week have lost five friends and neighbors. There's a brother this week, of course, who went back to work only to have his job dissolved. There's a young family in our experience for Cheryl and I that's struggling with a diagnosis of cancer. Even more than than some others just being one year older is difficult. We have leaders in Washington that that can't get along with each other and literally shut down the government. And to top it all up, somebody signed me up for advertisements and emails like this. Now, if you can't read this, this is what I got this week four times. William, fresh start. Hair loss is hard and personal. Regain your confidence with cutting-edge scalp micropigmentation. Call now or text cancel to end. Now, if you don't know what micropigmentation is, think back a couple of years ago to this product. It's literally hair in a can. Okay, it's black spray paint in a can. Carol, thank you for sending me this, but I don't need this, okay? That's how my year has started. 
Now, you hear it before every uh, resolution inspiring commercial, whether it's for Peloton or Nordic Track or Planet Fitness, or before every medication that's supposed to fix whatever ails you. Please consult a doctor, right? before beginning XYZ to ensure your heart is healthy enough to take this to exercise or to begin this weight loss resolution. So before we talk about going deeper with God, let's do a little bit of a heart check and honestly see where our heart lies in certain areas. The Bible says in our key passage for today in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Another version of scripture says, because it is the wellspring of life. And so what I'd like to ask that you do this morning is there on the insert in, in your bulletin, you might want to write some of these things down. And I want you to rate yourself as we go through these things. Just rate yourself on these low, medium, or high. And I want to give you this morning, certainly, you know, this list is not all inclusive and it's not original really with me. But there are five signs I want to give you of a healthy heart. Now, I'm not talking again about cardiovascular-wise. I'm talking about the heart that the Bible describes, our being, our, our, our self, our soul. What are the five signs of a healthy heart? Well, I think the first one is this. A healthy heart is a heart that is able to feel emotions deeply. It's a heart that's able to feel emotions deeply. How are you on that right now? Are you able to feel the highs and the lows of life? I mean, is your heart beating in such a way or is the rhythm of your life going along in such a way that when you ought to feel deep emotion, you can. When something happens that ought to make you euphoric, you are ready to explode. You're ready to lift your hands, to celebrate, to to break through the ceiling. Or is your heart more like a flat line today? I mean, let's just be honest. You, You know where your heart is. After three holidays packed from November and December together, Uh, After all the family time and taxiing kids from here and there and parties and getting back to work, getting back to school, maybe that flat line is just the way your emotions are right now. Be honest with yourself. And if you were to look into your heart, into your soul right now, are you able to feel deep emotion? Or are you just, eh? You know, I'm, I'm just middle ground. I'm not able to feel much of anything deeply right now. Rate yourself on that as low, medium, or high. Now, to be sure, the Bible does say we are to be a people in Ecclesiastes that avoid extremes. But if you grew up being taught that Christians are just supposed to be happy, happy, joy, joy all the time, then I want to challenge you uh, to, to get in touch literally with the God in whose image you were made. It says of God in Genesis 6, 6, before the flood, that the Lord regretted that he'd made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. Now, I I hope the times that we're together of honest worship and being around a replenishing type of, of other people, that your heart will be open again to feeling deeper emotions. Proverbs 20, verse 5 tells us this, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but the one who has insight draws them out. Well, that's what I want for you. 
I want you to have the insight to draw out those, those deep waters. And the second thing I want you to ask about your heart is that I think a healthy heart is one that is open to spontaneity, fun, and laughter. Does that describe you these days? Do you have a heart rhythm right now that is open to spontaneity, fun, and laughter? Or are you pretty much a grouch to be around? Were you able to get a little bit of R&R this Christmas? Were you able to relax? Or did Christmas make you hate everybody in your family when you got together? I mean, which one did you do? I've been in a couple of Christ for Youth uh, conventions where the main speaker is teaching from the Word of God, and they'll just stop at a breaking point, and they'll have beach balls thrown down from, from up above, and they'll just say, let's keep these going, and they'll play songs like Celebrate Good Times, or remember the old Edgar Winters song, Free Ride? Uh, Audio Adrenaline did that too. They'll play that, and they'll say, let's keep it going, and they'll bat these balls around before he gets back to teaching just to keep their attention, and, and you watch that happen, and you realize there's two kinds of young people. There's two kinds of sponsors in a group like that. There are those, you can just see it in their face. They're like, hit it to me. Hit the ball to me. I want to get my hands on this. And then there are those with their arms crossed or those who literally look like they're saying, don't let that thing come my way. You ain't supposed to do that as Christians. You're not supposed to have fun as believers. And they treat it, if it comes close to them, like, like it's a hand grenade. You know, they duck out of the way. And they let somebody else dive on that. That's not my responsibility. So rate yourself honestly today. Do you know the reality of Nehemiah's words in Nehemiah 8.10? The day is holy to our Lord. Don't grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, Olivia was talking about her class this week, uh, and she learned a new word, and I, consequently, learned a new word, too. It's called a Jeremiad. Uh, for those of you that are English experts, you probably already knew that. But obviously, it's named for who? Jeremiah, right. But even the weeping prophet, as we call him, would, would say this, do you dance in your soul? I want you to check this out from Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 12. Listen to what it says here. They will come and they will shout for joy on the heights of Zion. They'll rejoice in the bounty of the Lord, the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, the young of the flocks and the herds. They'll be like a well-watered garden and they will sorrow no more. And then young women will dance and be glad, young men and old as well. I'll turn their mourning into gladness. I'll give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. I'll satisfy even the priests with abundance, and my people will be filled with my bounty, declares the Lord. You see, heaven is a celebration. Knowing Jesus should lead our hearts really into a dance revolution. You know, I, I have to be honest. Um, I haven't set this up yet, but I want to take dancing lessons with Cheryl. I mean, the countdown clock is on, and you guys know, in less than six months from now, our oldest, Emma Grace, is going to get married. And they've, they've already talked about hiring a DJ for the reception afterward, and I've danced to some of your weddings, so you guys know I like to get out on the floor a little bit. Um, but, but there, I, I want to be in the middle of it. I want to do the father-daughter dance, and if she plays butterfly kisses or something, I, I'm just going to be really ticked off, okay? Because those things just make me cry. And I want a happy song, I want a glad song, and I want to dance 
with all of my heart. You know why? Because nobody there is going to know me. They're going to know I'm the father of the bride, and that's it. You guys, most of you won't be traveling to Virginia to see it. If you see it at all, you're going to have to watch it on YouTube, okay? But, but, but I'm going to dance. The Bible says that those who know the Lord have a greater joy, and we should celebrate. We should dance in the joy of the Lord because it truly is our strength. How many people face that regret within their life that they did not celebrate the way that they should have when the moment came? What's your laughter quotient like these days? Are you a fun person to be around right now? Be honest and rate yourself low, medium, or high. Is it full of joy? Or, or is it full of despair? Listen to what it says in Proverbs 15, 13. It says there, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Verse 15 of the same passage. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. And then if you skip on down to verse 30, light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. Are you full of laughter, spontaneity, and fun? Or are you pretty much a grump or a Debbie Downer to be around in your relationships? It really is a heart thing. Thirdly, a healthy heart is always mindful of moments. A healthy heart is mindful of moments in life. It refuses to let any moment slip by. It wants to seize and make the most of every single one. Can I ask you, are you fully present these days? Husbands in this room, are you fully present with your wife? Wives, are you fully present with your husbands? Parents, are you fully present with your children, with your friends? I mean, when you're with someone, do they have your genuine eye-to-eye -eye contact, genuine attention. They're not getting leftovers from you of what you have left at the end of a day. But your heart is focused, and you're just soaking up every single moment you've got because you know it might just be the only one you've got. You know you're really living in the power of a moment. I want you to rate yourself on that, low, medium, or high. Where are you right now? Are you soaking up the time that the Lord has given you? Or are you so preoccupied with stuff that you're missing out on all kinds of things? Maybe you're like Martha when Jesus is in the next room teaching. And you know what Luke records about her? Luke 10, 40. Martha, she was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She was missing it. The regret of most people is that when they refuse to seize the day, they come to the end of their life and they say, man, if I could do it over again, I wish I would have whatever along the way. But I missed it. Being mindful of the moments. It says this in Scripture. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And I know the poem sounds pithy and simple, but it really is true. Yesterday is, is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. Are you fully present in 
the present. Even more so, are you fully present with God? When you came into this room this morning, be honest with yourself. Was your heart so distracted that when you came in here to worship, you gave God a little bit? Maybe you listened to the music, maybe you saw the words on the screen, or maybe you mouthed the words to the song, but honestly, what you were saying is, God, you can only have a little bit of me right now. Can we just give him a moment of our genuine attention? I want you to take your hymnals. Uh, They're there in the, the seats in front of you. We don't do this very often, but I want you to take that out, and I want you to turn to number 704. This is a song that kept coming to my mind all week long when the calls that I received about the losses and and the changes in your lives, for some reason God kept putting this on my heart. And I want to sing through this twice together if we could this morning. God will make a way. And would you covenant with me, not just this one time, would you covenant not to just worship God on autopilot this year? And think about the words that you're singing Would you let it resonate in your heart and in your soul? And and even if you don't really feel like it, would you say, God, what I've got, you get, okay? I'm fully present right here. Would you sing this with me this morning? God will make a way. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. He will make a way. You know, you do better when you're standing. Let's stand together as we sing it the second time. Let's do this together. Come on. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day. He will make a way, he will make a way. Amen. Sit down. Thank you so much. You know, God promises each of us in Hebrews 10, 16, this is the covenant that I'll make with them after that time, says the Lord. I'll put my law in their hearts and I'll write them on their minds. And I think you'll find that when we focus on God, our heart heals. A healthy heart is able to feel deep emotions and sometimes, man, it happens that God shows up in the midst of our praises. So don't take that for granted. A healthy heart has room for spontaneity and laughter and fun and joy. And a healthy heart is one that is mindful of the moments. It takes in each one and lives it to the fullest. But a healthy heart also, number four, is sensitive to God's promptings. You know, God is trying to get through to you and me every single day. And when he tries to get through to us, does he get a busy signal? Does he get a call waiting tone? 
Or, or does he get that message? I don't know if you guys are annoyed when you get it. I know I am. You call somebody and it says, the person you are trying to reach does not have their voicemail set up at this time. You know, and in my mind, I'm thinking, it's, it's like three keystrokes, people. Set up your voicemail. But our voicemail, email, and text just making anybody else's life a little bit not so good? It's supposed to help us, but it's, it's tough at times. How are you adhering God's promptings these days? A healthy heart is tuned to hear God's voice. And I'm not talking necessarily about an audible voice or a parting of the clouds, but you know what I'm talking about. Psalm 42.7 describes it this way, and I love this verse. Deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. I love that deep calling to deep. In the little things of every day, God says, go here, do that. You ought to write that person a note. You ought to pick up the phone and, and make this call. You know, you ought to stop by this house. Don't react that way. React this way. Are you hearing God's promptings these days? Or are you just so busy and focused on what you're doing that you couldn't hear God as your life depends on it? And I didn't say if because it's as your life depends on it. The Bible says in Isaiah 30, 21, whether you turn to the right or the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You know, the whole message of Scripture is that God wants to be intimate with us. The Bible tells us God is intimate with the upright. It's Job in his final defense of his heart that he says, God's intimate friendship blessed my house. He wants to walk with us every day. He wants to lead us every day. So how's your heart accepting his guidance? Rate yourself on that low, medium, or high right now. And don't write what you want it to be. Just be honest with yourself of where you are now. Are you hearing God's prompting these days? It's an indicator of how healthy your heart is. You know, it says in Psalm 16, 8, I, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. It's a consistency thing. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices and my body will rest secure. When we protect our relationship with God, friends, when we're intimate with him, those things happen. Now, here's the fifth sign of a healthy heart. A healthy heart has compassion for the lost and the hurting. See, a healthy heart wants to see the door get opened to people's hearts. We all know the verse, you know, when Jesus said, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And a healthy heart has a real sense of compassion for people that are without God and people that are hurting. So how is your heart towards others these days? You know, one of the most shocking verses to me in all of the Bible is when the Apostle Paul was so moved that he said in Romans 9, 3, for I wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race. I mean, wow. Do you ever cry tears for the lost? Jesus did. Does your heart just break when you see people whose lives and families are falling apart? Their lives are just broken? Sometimes it just kills me to stand up here 
and preach on Sundays because I look into the eyes of those of you that I can see and I know that there are things within your life and sometimes your life is falling apart. Sometimes the marriages here are, are just holding on by a thread and every weekend there's something going on. Everyone's coming looking for some hope, looking for somebody who would show some care for them and sometimes I get overwhelmed. And for me, it's a good heart check. Do I still weep over those who are lost, whose lives may be full of pain and heartache? So how's it going with you? Do you shed a few tears over a a family member, a nephew, a niece, aunt, uncle, cousin that doesn't know Jesus? Or are you kind of like the older brother in the story of the lost son who's found? The younger brother takes, you know, his half of the inheritance while his father's still alive. And he goes out and he just throws it away and wastes it. And it says in Luke 15, 28, the older brother, well, he became angry and he refused to go in when this young man came home and a a party was thrown for him. And so his dad, his father, went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. I have never disobeyed your orders. But you never gave me so much as a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. Translated? What about me, Dad? What about me? So rate yourself low, medium, or high. Are you the what about me person or or do you really show love and compassion in your heart and in your life right now for others I want to read one more scripture with you before we close our time together and we're going to close with a song of worship and a time of invitation but this this as well is one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament it comes from Ezekiel 36 26 and, and I want you to hear this is what the Lord is saying to each of us today He says, I will give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Would you you listen to that one more time? God's saying, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit within you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's what God wants to do with each one of us today. So let's worship as we offer him ourselves. Let's respond as we stand and sing together. Would you stand with me? Before we sing that song of invitation, that song of worship, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as as some of the images this morning in the sermon suggest, our lives can feel like we're just frozen in a block of ice. Sometimes it's like Our eyes are full of frozen tears and we don't know that we can cry anymore. Sometimes it's it's, it's like we can't even sense a heartbeat within us because hope has died. And yet, Father, you're the one that specializes in bringing dead things to life. You are the one alone who has the power to resurrect, to bring about something new within us, a, a, a hope that does not fade that never flatlines, that doesn't spoil or perish or fade. 
You're the one that, that can give us life that never ends. In fact, you've done so for so many in this church family, in this room. And sometimes our heart may be a little bit of a, in, a, in a little bit of an arrhythmia because, Lord, we're not always rating high or low where we need to be. Sometimes we're just stuck in the middle. God, we want to be a people of passion. We want to be people whose hearts are fully present for you in the moment. But life and pain and circumstances can be so distracting. I know that you know that. In the flesh, you had the same temptation to be distracted that we do. And Jesus, you were without sin. So would you show us the way? Would you lead us by your steps? Would you lead us by your Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, that we can live lives pleasing to you, lives that are reasonable acts of sacrifice? Father, would you help us to be honest with ourselves and honest with you and help us to truly go deeper, deeper with you? Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe for you this morning, it's, it's saying yes to Jesus for the first time, and it's time to come forward and accept him as your Lord and Savior. It's time to be baptized into his forgiveness and the life that he has for you. Maybe it's time to make this your church home. Maybe it's time to say, I need someone just to, to kneel with me. Because what you're talking about, the burden, my heart, it's struggling. That's what we're a family for. That's why God placed us here to share him with each other. And whatever your need, I want you to come as we sing together.